A visit to Payanza, Doris, and her mountain home. It was a great and unexpected pleasure to Dorothy Morizuis to know that she was to have the painting that had been a comfort to her husband and was deeply grateful to the kind girl who was willing to do them such a favor. Doris, she said the next morning after they had finished their frugal breakfast up on the terrace, would you like to go with Maha to Payanza this afternoon and get the picture? Oh, Mama, cried Doris, her eyes beaming with delight. Can I really go? I think the walk will not be too much for you. You need not hurry and can sit and rest on the way. As soon as we have had luncheon, you can go up and ask Maha if she can go, and if so, come back with her and dress for the call upon Fraulein von Ernstein. Doris enjoyed a happy morning of anticipation and made preparation for it speedily. Her pretty pink muslin dress and sash were laid out in readiness, and in a few minutes after she and Maha came down the mountain, they could be on the way to Pahanza. Then she sat with her mother on the terrace, sewing and listening, as she loved to, while her mother told of her own early days in the Swiss hamlet, where her grandparents and uncles still lived. As soon as luncheon was finished, she hurried up the mountain path, and soon reached the cottage of their humble neighbor. It was small and dark with age, and so covered with grapevines that it looked a leafy bower, very cool and pleasant. A wide arbor lined with benches led to it, also covered by grapevines, a favorite place with Doris. For there she and Maha had often taken supper together, and Maha had told her true stories of her own youthful days. Dorothy had been a kind friend to her, and she, in turn, was faithful in any service she could render, and was honored and esteemed for her genuine piety. Certainly I will go to Payanza, she said when Doris told her errand, and will stop to see your mother with you, and can tell her that it suits me well to go, for Guacamo can see that the other two children will keep out of danger and mischief. I have done my morning's work, and can go right away. Doris watched her making preparations for the visit, for Maha was extremely particular about her appearance. She donned a beautiful laundered print dress, and over it a wide apron in the same, Doris in her mount spotless condition, then trying a silk kerchief over her gray hair, pronounced herself ready. Doris took her hand, and they went cheerily down the mountain, and found Fra Dorothy watching at the door for them. In her hand was a basket of rare roses, which she had just finished, arranging as a gift to Fraulein von Ernstein. Oh, Maha, I am so glad it suits you to go, she said. Come in and rest while Doris dresses. Maha dropped into a chair by the door, and the time required by Doris for dressing was all too short in which to recount the antics of Benedetto and Marietta in the cottage which had been heretofore been so quiet. Doris soon appeared sweet as a wild rose in her simple costume, and, then, and they set out. Feeling that they were enjoying a fine outing, 
Maha, this is the vineyard where I have seen you and Marie cutting great bunches of purple grapes, said Doris. Won't you be glad when the time comes again for you to work and earn money? Yes, but when will the time come for me with three children to care for? No one knows but me what watchings they take. And she told how her time and patience were taxed, yet with it all showed her love for her daughter's children. When they reached Polyanza, Doris was interested in all she saw, particularly the fruit sellers. Women with large baskets filled with luscious fruits, but they did not halt, but went directly to the hotel and mounted the broad steps. Maha remained in the veranda, while Doris, basket in hand, stepped into the wide corridor with many doors, and a clerk at a desk asked whom she wished to see. "'Lady who bought a painting from an art dealer and will give it to me,' replied Doris, so bewildered by the strangeness of the place that she forgot to give the lady's name, but she was spared embarrassment. For at that moment a gentleman came down the stairway, whom she recognized as Amelia's father, and she ran and clasped his hand. "'Why, bless me, this is our little friend from Cavondone,' he said kindly. I, you, "'Have you come to visit my Amelia?' Yes, she was so good as to tell me that Mama could have the picture of the North Sea that Papa painted, and Maha came with me to carry it home. Yes, she told me of it, and the picture is ready. We are very glad that we can oblige you. Come right up to Amelia's room. She will be greatly pleased to see you. And he took the hand of Doris and led her away, the clerk looking surprised that the flower girl had such distinguished acquaintances. Fraulein Amelia was reclining upon a sofa near an open window in a prettily furnished apartment, and her beautiful eyes beamed with pleasure at sight of Doris. "'Come, bring a chair close by me,' she said cordially. "'Do so love to look at your happy face. "'And you brought more roses for me? "'See, I have the three you gave me yesterday,' and she attracted the attention of Doris to them as fresh as ever in a handsome vase upon the center table. Have been cheered ever since in thinking over our chat by the stone wall, and Papa was so glad that we have the painting for you. He tied it in strong paper ready for you. He has gone to his room for it. Oh, thank you, Mama. Is so glad to know we are to have it and sent her most grateful thanks to you. I too am glad we can do you both this favor. My time on earth will be too short to do many kindnesses. Won't you let the doctor come to see you? asked Doris. Oh yes, he comes every day, but only the great physician can cure me. I trust in him. Yes, there I shall be well and happy, and shall see my dear mother, and she glanced upward with a serene smile. If I could only tell Papa of my joy in going home, and tell him that my only sorrow is in leaving him unreconciled to parting from me, but it distresses him so that I cannot mention it to him. That moment her father came in with the picture, and Doris arose to go. Come when you can stay longer, dears, Doris, said Amelia. I would so love to have you come. Doris thanked her heartily for the invitation and her kindness in giving the picture, and kissed her in farewell. I will take the picture down to Maha, said Herr von Ernstein, and leading the way, Doris followed. Do you think my daughter looks as well as she did yesterday? he asked when they reached the veranda. 
where Mahal was waiting patiently. Yes, I think she looks better. Her lips are redder, and she has such pretty color in her cheeks, replied the little girl. Thank you, dear, and God bless you. Your visit has done her good. Come very soon again. And with a happy smile upon his face, he led Doris down the steps of the veranda and saw her and Maha on their way home, then returned to their parlor to read to Amelia. You have brought the picture, Maha, said Dorothy, when the two friends reached the cottage. I can never forget Fraulein Amelia's and your goodness in doing us such a kindness. Here is a basket with cakes and other things for your supper, that you need not prepare any, but can rest after your long walk. And here is a little gift in memory of my dear husband. And she put a number of silver pieces into the toil-hardened hand, which was received with gratitude, and then Maha hurried home. It had been a long walk for Doris, but she had enjoyed every moment of it, and also enjoyed the good little supper the mother had prepared for her, and which they shared under the shade of the arbor on the terrace. Then, in response to her mother's request, she went to her room and slept for more than an hour. Dorothy, in the meantime, sat and reflected, as she had done many times, over the words of her husband, especially those which related to Doris. We will train our daughter carefully and prayerfully, dear Dorothy, he had said the morning of the day that he was called to come up higher. Train her that she may keep the pure heart and trusting faith that God has given her. Christian influence must surround her always. She must see or hear nothing but what is good. She must take her first communion in the church in my old home, on the shore of the North Sea, the dear church of which my loved father was pastor for so many years. If not there, then in the church at Shoals. Frau Maurice was still meditating over these things, when Doris refreshed by her sleep appeared full of a new idea which must be imparted to her mother. Mama, she said, Papa taught me to read and write and cast up accounts. And when Maha told me, as we walked along, of the mischief the children get into, and the noise they make when in the house, and the fear she has when they are out that they will fall from trees or rocks, I thought of her of a plan to help her. What is the plan, dear? asked Dorothy, deeply interested. I could teach what I know to Guacoma and Benedetto, which would be of use to them, and by keeping them quiet be a help to Maha. Don't you think Papa would be pleased with my plan if he were here? I am sure he would. The greatest happiness of his life was to help others. It will be a good thing for you all. It will teach you patience and self-control, and will give the poor children the only chance they have to learn. Can I go tomorrow morning, Mama? Yes, the sooner you can help Maha, the better. I will get everything ready this evening, said Doris eagerly. My primer, spelling book, slate, pencils, paper, pens, and ink. Oh, how glad I am that Papa taught me so well. I can be of use to somebody. Then mother and daughter took up their needlework. Dorothy, taking interest and pleasure in teaching Doris the art of sewing as well as the details of housekeeping. But there was no teaching for nearly a week, 
For the next morning, a heavy rainstorm set in, which lasted several days, and Doris could not visit the home of Maha. But at length the storm was over, and although the clouds were lowering, Dorothy thought there would be no more rain, and Doris hurried away. She found the cottage in confusion, Benedetto having pulled a burning stick from the fire on the hearth, which not only set his apron ablaze and burned his fingers, but dropped ashes into the soup boiling on the coals. At the same moment, Marietta had pulled a bucket of water from the shelf, which wet her from head to foot. She was screaming from fright and discomfort, and Mahal was scolding them all and slapping right and left. It is too much, too much. I'm almost beside myself. Since the wet weather set in, she said as she gave Doris a chair. Then she stripped the wet clothes from Marietta and wrapping a shawl about her, sat her by the fire while she wrapped Benedetto's fingers in flour to prevent them from blistering. Is there any new trouble, Maha? asked Doris. There is no need of a new one, child. The old one is enough. The children could not get out all week, and they are sure a charge, and their noise almost sets me wild. But the children could help you, Maha, if you would tell them what to do. They could if they would, but Gaikomo sees nothing and hears nothing and gives no more heed to the brut bothers I have than a marble statue. I have come to help you with the children, Maha. I will stay all morning and teach them as Papa taught me. Bless you, child. That will be a great help. My work is all back, and I cannot catch up with it for watching to keep the children out of mischief. May we have the table by this window, Maha? Mama said it is too damp this morning for us to have our school in the great barber. Certainly, child. You shall have the table any place you want it. Doris helped her place by the one window. Then Maha dressed Marietta and went to the spring to do the washing, which had accumulated rapidly since the, since the children came, feeling a blessed relief that they were, for one morning at least, off her mind. Doris placed all the articles she had brought upon the table and then told the children to take their places, but there was no response. Guy Como, a handsome boy of eight, stood in a corner of the room. His black eyes fixed upon the teacher in silence, remaining immovable though through all her beckoning and coaxing. Benedetto ran from one side of the room to the other, jumping over a piece of wood he had placed in the middle of the floor, and Marietta was jumping from the door sill to the ground. Come, Guy Como, and I will tell you a pretty story about a wolf and five kids, she said, but the boy turned his face to the wall. Tell it to me, said Benedetto stopping in his play. I will come, Marietta, and listen. And the little girl came and stood by her, looking up into her face. Fortunately, Doris had come prepared for such an emergency, for among the school books was one with gay pictures, and after telling the story of the wolf and the kids, she tried lessons to which neither Gaikamo or the others paid any attention, so she spent the whole morning reading stories and explaining the pictures. It was now time for Doris to go home, and she put the school things in the satchel, while Gaikoma watched her in silence. Gaikoma, she said, going to him, why wouldn't you come and look at the pictures and listen to the story of the wolf and the kids? Mother told me that story, he replied, with trembling voice. Then you should love to listen to it and be friendly with Mother. We'll never come again, he said, bursting into tears and turning his face to the wall. Oh, dear, Gaikomo, said Doris, putting her arm around him. Forgive me for not thinking you were grieving for your mother. My father will never come again, and I miss him just as you do, your dear mother. 
and they wept in sympathy, while the other children looked on in solemn silence. Gahakomo had found a friend who understood him. He had not seen his father since his mother was carried to her place of rest, and his grandmother was too overburdened with her own sorrows to talk to the boy and help him bear his loss. The cottage was empty of comfort and consolation, but until then he had shed no tears. Doris had put her arm around him as his mother had done. Henceforth he was her faithful friend, and years after evinced gratitude in a delightful and unexpected manner. Oh, Doris, said Maha, coming in at that moment with a great bundle of wood she had gathered in the forest, I feel like another person since you gave me a chance to see two steps ahead of me. I do thank you. I will come tomorrow and the children will do even better than they did today. I will bring another picture book. The next morning, at the same hour, Doris went up the mountain and met Gakomo, who had come to watch for her and carry her box. Benedetto and Marietta welcomed her with delight and clamored to see the picture book, but Doris was firm in her refusal. They must learn the lessons she gave them, or they would see no pictures. They took seats at the table, and Doris gave the boys paper, pens, and ink, and Marietta slate and pencil, and soon all were interested in copying what she wrote. The look of despondency leaving Gaakamo as he became interested in his work. Then while the boys were learning the simple spelling lesson she gave them, she taught Marietta her letters. This was varied with counting, and when it came time for the pictures and stories, the children felt they had earned them. Oh, you good angel, exclaimed Maha when Doris was ready to go. I have begun to love the children more. Now that I have not the care of them all day and feel so rested that their noise does not trouble me as it did. When Doris told her mother of her success, she noticed that she was more interested than at any time since her great bereavement except in the case of the return of the painting, and a new thought came to her. Mama, she said, let me bring the children here tomorrow instead of teaching them there. We can make the terrace our schoolroom, and you could sit there and listen. Won't you let them come, Mama? Yes, you may have them here, Doris. Your father would be glad to have us help them. It was a charming change for all, from the dim-lit room to the fragrant terrace. Dorothy welcomed them cordially and took upon herself the instruction of Marietta. She was a cultured musician, and music was added to the daily exercises to the delight of the children who had good voices. And Gaiacamo and Benedetto learned the notes quickly. Grandmother is going to Pallanza this afternoon, and said if your mother is willing, you could go with her to see Fraulein von Arnstein, was the charming message that Gaiacamo brought one morning when the children came to their lessons. Certainly she can go, and I am glad she has the opportunity, responded Dorothy, to the great delight of Doris. And after luncheon, the two set out upon the beautiful walk. But when they reached the hotel, Doris found a new clerk at the desk. There are no guests here of that name, he replied to her inquiry. If there were ever here, they are gone. This was a disappointment. But Doris went with Maha upon her errand, and upon the whole had an enjoyable visit to Pallanza with her old and faithful friend. Time passed on, and every weekday the children spent the whole morning with Dorothy and Doris, growing cultured, lovable, and helpful in the, that sweet Christian home. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acresoft Story Classic. Thank you.